This week, Reverend Wendy talks about the fact that our spiritual growth, indeed all of the growth in our life, is more of a marathon than a sprint, and that we need to develop endurance, consistency, to be able to truly succeed as we move through our lives. She also makes it very clear that we need to make sure we start. The title of my talk is, It is a Marathon, Not a Sprint. Say that with me, please. It is a marathon, not a sprint. So a a very, very quick thumbnail recap of the journey we've been on with the month of January and the start of a new year, how to make a fresh start. The very first Sunday, we talked about the importance of getting rid of excess baggage and in particular, talked about the idea of forgiveness, the importance of forgiveness. And not just forgiveness as we often think about it toward another, but in making sure that we include ourselves, forgiving ourselves for anything that we've done that we wish we hadn't done and so forth. Then we took a look at the importance of having an LJT. My lesson title that week was, Who's on your team? Does anybody remember what LJT stood for? Okay, but one little change. You are second service. So let me hear you say Life Journey Team like second service. Much better, much better. My first service is much more contemplative and quiet, much more introverted, actually, truly, much more the way I am naturally. You're the service I get to play with, though, so you're supposed to respond like like second service. So we talked about life journey team. And then last week, I talked to you about the idea of having a spiritual toolkit. You know, many of us have maybe sewing kits and little handyman kits and first aid kits and so forth, but do we have a spiritual toolkit? And, and I shared with you some of the things that I think should be in one spiritual toolkit. If you missed any of those and you want to pick up, go back to the app or go to the YouTube, YouTube channel. But today I want to end with the idea of a way to look at your journey a really important way to look at your life journey. And I think that is that we need to look at our life journey very much as if it is a marathon and not a sprint. And to the degree that we remember that, I think that will be the degree with which we feel a sense of joy and peace and well-being. So I want you to think about a marathon, and a sprint. If you have people lining up for a marathon and lining up for a sprint, there's an awful lot that on the surface looks the same. You've got men and women of various ages lining up at a starting line, typically wearing similar kind of clothing. There is some way that they know it's time to start. There is a finish line So one is usually pretty close and the other is usually way far away, but there's definitely a finish line. And if you watch the runners as they are getting ready to start, whether it's a first wave of marathoners or everybody that's lined up at a sprint line, there's a certain eagerness and enthusiasm and the desire among each or within each person to do their very, very best and probably the desire, if they're honest with themselves, to what? To win, to cross the finish line and be the first one to cross the finish line. However, what happens between 
those starting lines and finish lines is actually very different. In a sprint, the distance is much, much, much shorter. And in a sprint, it's all about running really, 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 really fast. And in a sprint, the start is incredibly critical and important. And not only is the start being absolutely perfect, important to the chance of winning the sprint, the sprint itself is a very unforgiving race physically. It is unforgiving in that any tiny little stumble in a sprint is catastrophic to being able to actually win. Contrast that to a marathon. In a marathon, the start is important, but it's not everything. In a marathon, a marathon as a race, though grueling because of its length, a marathon is actually pretty forgiving when you think about it. The start is not nearly as critical as it is in a sprint. And in a marathon, you can actually stumble quite a bit. And as long as you are physically still able to pick yourself up and move, chances are very, very good that you're going to finish, that you're going to finish. Even the training for these two races is very different. When a sprinter is training, they're training every muscle towards speed, toward optimizing speed, toward eliminating any kind of resistance, any kind of imperfection. Whereas for the marathoner, it's much more about training for strength and stamina and endurance. And so again, I want to reiterate that one of the most valuable ways we can look at our life's journey is to look at it through and to actually live it as if it were a marathon and not a sprint. So five points that I want to share with you about that. First point is the start is important, but it does not have to be perfect. The start is important, but it doesn't have to be perfect. Say that with me. The start is important, but it doesn't have to be perfect. And we can think about the, the start of our journey in a couple of different ways. We can think about it in terms of our biological start, our family of origin. And I won't ask you to raise your hand, but I bet most of us in this room would say that we did not have a perfect family of origin experience. That there may have been some imperfection in our family of origin experience, right? You can nod your head if you want to. The funny thing is, if we ask our kids that, are you with me? If you're a parent and you ask your kids that, they'll probably also say, yeah, my family of origin start wasn't perfect either, and I can tell you how it wasn't. But the point is, it doesn't matter in the long run. It doesn't have to have been perfect for us to still complete a successful, purposeful, meaningful life journey. Think about it in terms of the start of anything that's important to you. Think about the things that some of you wrote on your letter to God at the end of the year. Things that you said you wanted to bring forth in this new year. Goals, ambitions, hopes, dreams. Some tangible, some intangible. Some physical, some very deeply personal and spiritual. 
The start doesn't have to be perfect, but it is important. And it's important from the standpoint that it's not enough to just plan the start. It's not just enough to decide you're going to start. It's not just enough to think about starting or to visualize starting. You know what I'm setting you up for. You've got to actually start. You've got to actually start. And you can't use, we must not use, requiring the start to be perfect in order to actually do it. Chances are very good. It's not going to be perfect. But your life isn't a sprint. Your life is a marathon. And you're going to have plenty of opportunity to correct, to tweak things, to change things, to make different decisions. I was thinking about the story of Genesis and thinking, not the story of Genesis, I was thinking about the story of creation in the book of Genesis. And of course, the creation story is one of several allegories in the book of Genesis, not meant, not meant to be taken literally. But in the allegorical story of creation in Genesis, we're essentially told that God created all that exists from darkness out of the void and out of chaos. That's kind of a messy start, wouldn't you say? Kind of a messy start. And so we must remember that the start is important, but it doesn't have to be perfect. We simply have to start. Second, be sure to take the long view. When you do stumble, you do fall, you do pass out for a moment. Be sure to take the long view. One of the most helpful things I, I learned personally was that when I'm in a tough place in my life, I have to be very cautious that I don't get so locked in to my story and my thinking about the current circumstances that are challenging or difficult that I begin to live my life as if all that exists is this particular slice of my life that I'm going through right now. Because in those times where I have gotten stuck and stayed just thinking of my life in that tiny slice of difficulty, I've made the difficulty more difficult. And I don't know when or how I came upon it for myself, but sometime I did, and I'm so glad I did. And that was that I had to literally imagine myself widening my perspective of my life, which is another way of saying to take a longer view of it. And to realize that, yeah, I may not like what's going on right now, but I cannot allow myself to only freeze frame and mentally and emotionally live within that slice of my life. I must practice remembering there was a whole part of my life that led up to this, and there's a whole continuation of my life that's going to flow from this particular slice. And when I remember that, it makes it so much easier to be able to move through in time whatever that particular difficult slice of life has been. It reminds me on a much deeper spiritual level of a fundamental principle in Buddhism 
the principle of impermanence. Nothing, nothing, us, physical form, circumstances, relationships, situations, nothing, even the things we love, and certainly true of the things we don't love, nothing is permanent. In the lesson I gave last week on what's in your spiritual toolkit, I suggested that you have a mantra or a short affirmation or a short go-to phrase. And some of you may recall that I said a very good one, very simple one comes out of our, our scriptures is, this too shall pass. Let's say it together. This too shall pass. And haven't you found that that's true? I know you have. A third in looking at and living our life from the standpoint of it's a marathon and not a sprint, by golly, we've got to practice pacing ourselves. Pace yourself. Say that with me. Pace yourself. Sometimes you're going to run a little faster. Sometimes your life is just going to go really, really well, even better than you had planned, better than you had hoped. And have you noticed that sometimes, mm -mm, not, not so much so. I've never run a marathon, but I have run a half marathon. And I ran it just a couple of years ago at, in, in Mammoth, uh, the Sierra, Sierra Mountains. And I loved it because a good part of it was downhill. <laughs> I know there are people who don't like hills uphill or downhill. I thought, I can handle this. I'd already done several 10-mile runs, and I had trained and so forth. But I thought, even with the altitude, and I'm a skier, so I'm used to altitude. Even with the altitude, it's going to be OK, because a lot of it's downhill. And I built on that energy of working with what was naturally being provided to me, and what was naturally being provided to me because of the downhill portion of the run was an easier aspect of the run. Well, there's a, a parallel to that in our lives as well. There are times in our life that we can and we actually need to move much more quickly. But gosh, and I'm really speaking to myself here, and maybe some of the rest of you as well, I know, but I know I'm speaking to myself here, we cannot afford physically, emotionally, or relationally to live only on a fast pace. We will burn ourselves out. We will empty out our relationships. I remember a statement I heard from a woman whose work I deeply respect and I admire her as a woman. Her name is Dr. Joan Borsenko. She was with the Mindfulness project. She created a lot of meditation projects through Harvard University. I had a couple of occasions of spending um, a decent amount of time in her presence, in particular on one or two of the synthesis dialogues that we held with the Dalai Lama in, in um, India and a couple times in Italy. I will never forget Joan Brosenko saying over lunch to me, busyness is the murderer of compassion. Take that in for a moment and think about that. Busyness is a murder of compassion. She had shared it with me at that time as, as a revelation that had come to her. She had a very demanding job, very demanding teaching and writing and, and speaking schedule. And she said she just casually shared, busyness is the murder of compassion. That's almost 20 years ago. And it still lives inside of me as an important reminder because I think it is this very similar to a constant fast pace can be the murderer of compassion. 
One of my personal practices with this, and I say it's a practice and it's a goal because I haven't perfected it, is to live my life more at the pace of kindness and guidance. Can you imagine the quality of our relationships and workplaces and the world itself if more of us kind of held ourselves in check with something like that? I'm going to move throughout this day at the pace of kindness. And if I notice myself rushing and I notice that in the rushing I'm being impatient with my child or my spouse or my partner or my friend or even the stranger, I'm going to look at myself, not blame myself, but I'm gonna look at myself and go, wait a minute, is that really the way that I wanna live my life out? And what I know is the moment I ask myself honest, probing questions like that, there's an instant change in my behavior. And I bet you'll find that to be true as well. Fourth point, know how you're going to sustain your energy. Say that with me. Know how you're going to sustain your energy. You are gonna get tired, no matter how spiritual you are, no matter how many unity and science of mind books you've read, no matter how many times you've sat at the feet of a great spiritual teacher, I promise you, there are times you're gonna get tired, there are gonna be times that you feel discouraged, there are gonna be times that you find yourself falling back asleep, so how are you going to deal with that? Are you gonna wait until that happens to try to figure out how to deal with that? Or are you going to try to build into your very life itself something that will help sustain your energy over the long haul? You know, when you're running a half marathon, and I know this is true as well of running a full marathon, the race creators make sure that there are certain water stations along the way, there are snacks along the way, they even have cheerleaders along the way, and believe me, for most of us, there's a certain point in running that you are awfully glad there's somebody there telling you you can do it because you don't think you can. What was I ever thinking when I signed up for this? How are you sustaining your energy in your life? I gave you lots of possible pointers last week when I talked to you about your spiritual toolkit. I've given you pointers the previous week when I talked to you about making sure that you have some sort of life journey team. And though I know our life groups for this first session are all full, I hope if you're not in a life group now, that you're going to make sure you get yourself in a life group the next go around. We need each other, we really do, in the healthiest sense of the word. I say it to you again and again because it's such a, such a strong but beautiful um, demonstration. When Jesus sent his disciples out to share his message, he didn't send them out by themselves. He sent them out two by two because he knew the work and the journey was going to have some challenges and he wanted to set them up for success as best as he possibly could. Another way of asking it of ourselves is, of ourselves is what do we have in place in our lives to set ourselves up for spiritual success? And the last point, know where the finish line is, but be sure you have mile markers along the way. Know where the finish line is, 
but be sure you have mile markers along the way. Say that with me. Know where the finish line is, but be sure you have mile markers along the way. They sure have them in, in any sort of physical race that you run. There are mile markers along the way. Why do you suppose they put them there? Absolutely right, Steve, to show you how far you have come and how far you have left to go, to show you the progress that you've made. Some of you may recall an old story I've used before of Florence Chadwick trying to swim the Catalina Channel. The very first time she swam that to be the very first woman to try to swim it, she had already swum the English Channel successfully. She failed, and she failed not because of strength, not because of endurance, but because of something mental with regard to not being able to see, quote, the finish line. It happened to have been a very, 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 very foggy day. And despite her boat that was following her with her mother in that boat and with her trainer in that boat with a gun to shoot any sharks that might be swimming around her, despite all that, because of the fog, what caused her to give up was because she couldn't see the shore. And yet she was something like a mile or two miles away. That was all, that was all. She did it again the next time and she did it just fine. You gotta know where the finish line is, but make sure you've got some sort of mile markers along the way. When it's a physical measurable goal, there's no question that it's easier to have mile markers. You know, if you're trying to, to increase your, your income, you can measure that pretty easily. If you're trying to lose weight or gain weight, you can measure that pretty, pretty easily. But our spiritual growth and progress is a little more difficult, truthfully, to be able to mark. So you, have to be, you might have to be a little more creative. Does it mean that, that you'll be able to meditate a little bit longer? Does it mean you'll be able to drive in rush hour traffic with greater courtesy and kindness? Does it mean that you will less frequently when you are upset give a less than supportive hand gesture to the person that just, I don't know what it is for you. I really don't and no, I'm not following you around. But if you ask of yourself, you will find some markers that you can set for yourself. I like this little quote. If the finish line feels too far away, then just don't look at it for a while. Just look down at your feet and take your next best step. May you take your next best step. Namaste. Thanks for listening. The Unity Center, transforming lives and healing our world. Check us out Sundays at 9 and 11. Subscribe to our podcasts and download our free app for instant access to a wealth of spiritual teachings, services, and events.